everyone, my name is Willia Eaglehawk and I am the BTS Theorist. It's that time of year again, Festa, BTS's 10th anniversary. Time really does fly. I joined the fandom in 2019, just at the start. They came in at the tail end of the Love Yourself era, right before the Map of the Soul Persona promotions begun. And getting to know ARMY and getting to know BTS was definitely an intense experience, and I have been reflecting on this as we approach the 13th of June, that special day that BTS debuted back in 2013. And I've been reflecting on what exactly I went through when I first became an ARMY. I didn't even know who ARMY were. Of course, for most people, when you come across BTS, you have no idea about ARMY. You're just looking at a musical group. You have no idea that they have such a large, diverse, powerful fandom behind them. For me, of course, I was a part of many subcultures and countercultures, so I was used to being part of a fan group. But there was nothing that could have prepared me for coming face to face with ARMY. And there was nothing I could have really done in the first few weeks to fully grasp the enormity of ARMY. Because there's so much to learn. There's so many places that ARMY occupy on the internet and in real life. It can be really hard to know where to start, where to go, what you even need to do to be an ARMY. And I remember seeing around that time a lot of other people becoming ARMY and asking the question, well how do I become an army? Like, I think I'm an army, but is there an, an initiation? Is there some kind of form I need to fill out? Do I need to pay a membership fee? Do I need to know all the songs? Do I need to have liked BTS for a certain amount of time? Or can I just rock up to the fandom and say, hey, everyone, I'm an army? So I've been thinking about, well, how does one become an army? For me, it was that I found BTS I fell in love with BTS and not long after I realised who ARMY are and I realised after quite a few months that I had been ARMY the whole time because of course I believe that to be an ARMY the only thing you have to do is love BTS and all members of BTS, not just one or two, all members of BTS, OT7, love all members of BTS and you're an ARMY, nothing else matters and that's kind of how I approach the fandom. I was like, hey, I don't know much. I'm still getting to know BTS, but actually since the first moment I saw them, I have been madly in love with them and I want to dedicate every fibre of my soul and being to being an army. Yes, that was incredibly corny, but there, I said it. But that, that was kind of what was happening, you know, under the surface of me discovering BTS because, of course, discovering BTS is intense. I was confronted by a lot of my own judgments and fears I didn't really know if I liked them or not, when in fact I really did. But I was so overwhelmed by everything that was happening, I couldn't really process what was going on. But definitely, well, after the first few weeks and the first few months, I realised that I was a massive fan the entire time and it just took me a while to adjust to this new world. Because BTS have created a new world and ARMY have created a new universe. Like together, what they do is so expansive and never ending. It's kind of like a choose your own adventure, if you like. So it took me a while. And I realized that just by loving BTS, I was an ARMY. However, throughout the fandom, there are many different ideas about what you need to do to be a fan or to be a good fan, quote unquote. And I have observed this over many years especially on Twitter. This is where I get most of my social listening done, where I just read whatever is on my timeline and I see what everyone's saying and how people react to certain things. And now, of course, I get to do a lot of this on TikTok as well. 
and Instagram to a lesser degree, but Twitter is definitely where the most of the discourses are happening and you get to learn what the majority are thinking and feeling or rather the majority of people who are commenting are thinking and feeling because, of course, there's a majority of people who aren't even on Twitter and there's also a majority of people who are on Twitter that don't engage or if they do, it's so insignificant or small or somewhere else that I'm not seeing it. So, you know, there's so many different variables and factors, but I've been kind of reading what people have to say for many years. And there seems to be a lot of fandom discourses about what you need to do in order to be an army. So this is what this episode is all about. How do you be an army? The short answer is that you love BTS, all seven, no matter what. The long answer is it really doesn't matter what you do to be an army. You can do whatever you like, as long as you love BTS and you love ARMY. It's not complicated. It doesn't have to be complicated. It's probably easier to list all the things you don't have to worry about because being an ARMY is so simple and straightforward, but I think people feel an enormous amount of pressure to perform. And I think what I have found in fandom is that these fan identities can become very performative. And that is why I have had such a hard time existing in these spaces such as Twitter, such as TikTok, I think those two are the biggest ones for performative fan identities. And this is something that I didn't plan on talking about now, but it's coming up. So please excuse me if I pause when I'm talking because I'm thinking on the spot. But essentially what I have noticed, let's take TikTok for an example, is that there are people who have a set way of being an army. They dress a certain way. They collect, for example, photo cards and other merchandise. They stream. They react to members a certain way and use the same language. Like, oh, my God, he looks so amazing. Like, much respect to our president, Nam June. You know, things like this. And I'm definitely not having a go. I'm just, I'm just trying to build, like, um, a characterization of just one type of army. But I feel that... If a few people start doing this, which they do, of course, over time, it starts to become embedded subconsciously in ARMY's mind that this is what a fan looks like. So then more and more people start showing up online and start saying and doing things that they feel fits into the the characterization of what an ARMY is. And it it might be completely genuine, and I'm not saying that it isn't, but it's just interesting to, to watch the patterns of what people think is acceptable or appropriate fan behavior and they they continue to perform these roles of being a fan and over time our idea of fan becomes more and more impacted by how these people are performing because it's the only messages that we're receiving about who army are now of course this is changing because the fandom rapidly grew throughout the pandemic and especially now i'm noticing we're getting so many more male reactors for reaction videos and of course they do very well because our fandom is primarily female of course there's more than one gender and there is a vast um, diversity of gender expression within the fandom but the fandom still is primarily identifying as female so to see men who often in wider society dismiss bts and belittle them then 
turn around and do reaction videos where they're like, wow, I had no idea that BTS was so amazing and lose their minds, which is great because we all love to live vicariously through people like that. This, so this has started to change kind of the idea about who a fan is because of people like this. Like I, I'm thinking about the what you got to say guys um, because my mum religiously watches all of their reaction videos so I get to know everything that's going on in their world. Because of people like them and, of course, we've now got more like there's grannies, like people who identify as grannies loving BTS and people from all walks of life talking about loving BTS and being a fan, that's great. But I still find that there is a majority kind of consensus about different words and different ways of describing BTS and different reactions that are all appropriate. So there seems to be things that are appropriate and inappropriate. And by the way, I'm seriously not passing judgment. These are just my observations. And I do feel that on these platforms such as Twitter and TikTok, the only way to get a following, to get noticed, is to engage in these very specific performances of fan identity very specific reactions that hypersexualize the the members of BTS. They they also share in group outrage and mass cancellation because this is all what we are subconsciously taught through re- through the repetition of these messages from the same people doing the same things, which is fine because it's their thing, right? But then I think we can also like take this on board and internalize it and go, well, am I actually a fan if I'm not having the same reaction? And I think for some people, it's easy to go, well, it everyone's different and I'm okay being different and I'm still a fan. And I, I worry for people who are younger because we do have a lot of young members in the fandom, like 9, 10, 11 years old, who are also consuming the same content as us and the same repetitive kind of performances of fan. I, I am concerned that they might not know that it doesn't matter. They might not be able to... to differentiate between okay this is just someone's opinion and even if there's a thousand people with this opinion it doesn't have to be my opinion or I don't have to stream music like this or I don't have to buy five albums at a time or I don't have to know all the songs and all the lyrics to be an army I don't know if everyone has that ability especially younger people who are still trying to figure out who they are in the world um so I'm definitely not trying not to speak in generalizations I just uh, it is a concern of mine that because the people who get the most attention all tend to be doing very similar things. It does kind of give a subconscious messaging to the rest of ARMY about what is appropriate and what is acceptable. And I have come up against this in trying to get my own work out there, of course, these podcasts um, and then the content that I make on TikTok. And I've been trying to get back to Twitter, but I've found that really difficult. I found it hard because I don't want to do what everyone else is doing. They're doing it. They're doing a great job. If I were to jump on and go like, oh my gosh, JK's abs, or he looks so cute in this video. Can you hear my, (laughs) can you hear my voice right now? I wouldn't be able to do it because those are not reactions that I naturally have. If I have a reaction, it's going to be like, oh, holy fuck, that's cool. And it's not necessarily like big and dramatic and it's not good for camera and it's not good for audio. You know, it's just me having a very normal low key reaction, but I I can't, I can't ramp it up. And I went through a whole year last year of working on social media strategy and learning how to work with the algorithm and how to present myself and how to perform because let's be real, there's cameras. We are performing as soon as we turn on a camera, even if it is the performing of our everyday identity, 
please look up identity theory. It's one of my favorite <laughs> realms of theory, but like, I'm not saying that it's not real if it's performance, but we do perform. There's lights on, there's camera. Actually, I have two cameras on me right now and two massive lights and there's two microphones, you know, this is a performance. But when I was doing this whole year of learning how to perform, what I very quickly learned is that I am not one of those people that can do something that's disingenuous to who I am. There are people out there who are great at acting and they can be like, hello, everybody, it's me and I'm here and I'm doing content and they can be very loud and like that. But I cannot do it and sound genuine. I sound dead inside if I try and do it like that. So that's just who I am. And I've had to come to accept that. I can only do things that are genuine and real for me. Um, but there are people out there who are making content about BTS, just everyday people who are sharing their ideas, definitely not having a go, by the way, who are able to perform a lot more. They are able to be like, oh, my goodness, and start crying. And I think it's real, but I also think some people really put it on in a fun way as well. That's not who I am. And that doesn't need to be who army are they're just some people in the fandom it just happens that they're the people who are getting a lot of views on their tiktoks they are going viral or all their tweets saying similar things are the ones that get picked up by other people and retweeted a lot and it's just interesting to watch because people who then want to make content often follow that blueprint they often start using and adapting the same language or the same kind of reactions and the same kind of outrage and that's all very interesting. And ARMY definitely aren't a monolith. I'm not trying to say that at all, but it's just interesting to watch what content rises to the top, not necessarily the top, the top of quality, but the top of public perception. And in order to get there, it seems that for now there is a formula for success. And I, unfortunately, am not one of those people that is able to replicate it. So, of course, I'm salty about that. Of course. <laughs> like, of course. Why wouldn't you be? I, I wish I wish I could do that kind of stuff. But, no, I have to cut my own path. And I'm not sure if there, um, if every army out there knows that they can cut their own path. And they might not want to either. Because, of course, one of the, the benefits of being part of fandom is that you get to be around a lot of other people. And you get to be part of a collective and you get to feel less alone. So in order to carve out your own path and to, to be a different kind of army, to be your own kind of army, can be lonely and terrifying. Um, believe me, like I, I mostly feel like I'm not connected into the fandom yet. I'm writing and publishing books about them and I'm making content and I get messages all the time about like, wow, your book is so amazing. It changed my life. Um, definitely didn't mean to brag, but you know, like I'm getting messages like that and I'm like, oh, this is a wonderful moment where I get to bond with this person and I feel so connected to them. But as a whole, I do not feel connected to ARMY and I also think that is in part due to where I live. If I were in America and got all the tours <laughs> and all the promotions and all the fan events, I think I might feel different, even if I didn't necessarily participate directly with them. But because I am so isolated in terms of the country I live in, and also like culturally within the country, I feel isolated. And then also feeling isolated in terms of what I'm thinking and what I'm talking about and the content I'm making. Yeah, so that's that's a me thing. But I, I have learned that that can be very difficult and lonely, but it doesn't mean that I'm not an army. And it doesn't mean that there's no army out there like me. In fact, it's more important now than ever that I show exactly who I am in all my weird army goodness so that other people who do resonate with that can find me and feel less alone. So I, I do find the performance of fan identity quite interesting. It's not a negative and it's not a positive. It's just an observation that I have. 
that some people play the game and some people do not. And some people aren't even aware that there's a game. So I think the point I'm trying to make is that we can be whatever army we want to be. We don't need to be performative. We don't need to do what everyone else is doing. It actually doesn't matter. Now, there are actually different types of fans. And I'm doing this part of the, the podcast for those of you who aren't quite familiar with the terminology, because I had I had to learn about this terminology too. So we have our regular army. Then we also have solos. And we also have antis. And we also have sessings. So within the realm of what I'm saying, quote unquote, normal army, I don't, I don't like the word normal, but you know, like, you know, general, general army population, um, are OT7, which means one true seven, as in they believe that BTS is seven, which sounds ridiculous because of course BTS are seven, but wait till I get into the other areas. Um, and they love BTS, all of BTS which is all that BTS asks of us, by the way. Like, they just want us to love all of them. And within that, you can have biases and bias wreckers. And so a bias is someone that you're biased towards, a member of the group that you favour the most or that you were the most drawn to. Not necessarily that you love the other members less. It's just that you're drawn to this member the most. Um, And some people have a bias where it's platonic and they're like, this is the person I am most like in BTS. And then other people have biases that are not platonic. <laughs> um, yeah. And then a bias wrecker uh, can be another member or all members or any number of members that make you question your allegiance to your original bias. So this is all quite normal, quote unquote normal within the general army populace to have biases. You know, it's quite a common question. People will be like, Oh, who's your bias? Uh, I get that question a lot and I would think that it's pretty (laughs) self-evident so I've stopped answering (laughs) but honestly like I'm OT7 to the core very proud of that because at the start I was like oh maybe I like this member more oh maybe I like this member more and every time a new member would show up on the screen and do their choreography or I'd get to know them a little better I would be like why did I ever question that I didn't love this person as much as the other person you know like because I think as soon as you're kind of faced with a group of people for some reason, we try and figure out which one is our favorite. Like I'm watching Real Housewives of Beverly Hills and my brain just instantly goes, okay, good. I was the situation, figure out who you like the most. Like why? I, you know, let, that's just a slippery slope. I'm not going to get into why we do that. So I think it is normal to observe a group and be like, oh, I just like this one. But for me, it was like, yeah, of course, there's one person that sticks out um, and like stays in the back of my mind. It doesn't leave me alone. But... I actually love all members equally and I am constantly taken back by how much love I have for all of them. Just when I think I couldn't love them anymore. So that's OT7 and I'm an, I'm an OT7 kind of girl. Then we also have solos. (laughs) I can't believe I know all of this information, but this is, this is what happens when you become an army. So a solo is someone who likes just one member of the group and wants the group to break up so this person can go solo. And often solos believe that this one member of the group is being really mistreated by the company and by other group members and there's a lot of conspiracies. And they will do a lot of different things 
to ensure the success of the one member. Like they only stream that one member songs. They only participate in things when it's about the one member. And they'll often perpetuate um, lies and false information that help support this narrative that they have in their mind. Then we also have aunties, and I think this one's a bit obvious, but it's where they don't actually like the group. And I think for some reason, from what I've observed, there are aunties who pretend to like BTS and they kind of like infiltrate the fandom. <laughs> this sounds, sorry, I can't even take myself seriously, but this is genuinely what happens. People infiltrate, quote unquote, the fandom by pretending to really like BTS and they can spread misinformation and they can do things to attempt, I'm going to say attempt to sabotage BTS events, comebacks, etc. Yeah, it's a thing. Like, and I have seen it. I have been, I've faced um, many aunties before I knew there were aunties, especially when I released my first book, they would come and attack me. And I wouldn't get it because they're saying like they're literally trying to fight me and I'm like, but I'm an army and I've written this really cool book and I don't understand why you're having such a negative reaction. And my, I have a friend who is, seems to be very good at <laughs> discovering aunties and she would do deep, deep dives on these people's profiles and be like, well, actually they're an auntie and they like this other group. And they've been tweeting on their other account for months about how they, you know, how much they hate BTS. Um, yeah, go figure that. You know, fandom's a complex place, everyone. And then way off this other side of the fan spectrum, because I'm also going to consider aunties fans in a twisted sense in that they actually are giving a lot, of, a lot of themselves to the fandom because I know if I don't like something, I don't go anywhere near it. I don't give it any of my attention. But if I like something, and especially if I'm really twisted in my head about how much I like it, I can be an absolute weirdo about it. I can do some really bizarre stuff. So I could definitely see if I were like operating at my lowest possible frequency that I, I could definitely become an anti where I would be so twisted in my head about how much I love BTS that I have to somehow convince myself that I'm part of a plot to take them down instead of just facing the fact that I actually really like them. I could totally see that happening. So I, I do understand. So I do think it's on the, on the spectrum. I do think it's on the spectrum of being a fan. I just think it's on the spectrum that we don't really want to go to, but it's over there and it exists. And no matter what we say, it still exists. So like it's on that spectrum. So if it's a spectrum and we just got OT7 over here and anti's, and solos are over here, then way over here, like over the other side of the three meters away where I'm touching the, the wall, because my arm is that long, we have Sassings. <sighs> Sassings are legitimately terrifying. And I would love to actually like learn more because I, I do have these. And if anyone has read my first book, Idle Limerence, you'll know that I, I do have an inclination towards studying psychological phenomena. And I think a Sassing is one of those big parts of fandom where it's like, whoa, how did we get here? I can explain how we get here, but okay. Assessing is a stalker. Assessing is someone who stalks idols. And often assessings are believing they're doing good things and believing that they are in a relationship with these idols. So an example of assessing, um, within the army fandom is someone who runs a very, very, very big fan account on Twitter. And everyone knows that they're assessing, but then unfortunately because of this fan account's name, when people are new to Twitter and new to the fandom, they go and they follow this fan account because of course it says that they are, you know, BTS army and you know, they're an authority on the matter. 
But actually what this person does is that they follow, I think, a very specific member of BTS to their hotel rooms when they're on tour. They make sure that they pay flight attendants and airlines for information to get seats near BTS on commercial flights in the US. They follow BTS all around the world. And they often, I've seen photos, because, you know, your girl got curious, of this person trying to recreate scenes. Like, so, for example, Namjoon, I think it was Namjoon, so someone please correct me if I'm wrong, would post photos from a hotel room doing different poses. I think he was in a bed or something. And then this same person, uh, this Sassing, had booked in the same hotel and was taking photos that would make it look like she was also there with him. So photos with like the same bed in the background or like the same bathroom or whatever um, to try and get people to think that she is in a secret relationship with him. (laughs) Yes. Um, So this is just some of the, some of the things that people do and they, they do bigger things, wilder things. Please look it up. Um, I I feel really uncomfortable watching stuff. Like I've looked up videos on YouTube where there's footage of, people literally running after BTS um, down streets and in airports and BTS are like running from them. And it's not like at first you're like, oh yeah, they're running. So like, that's, that's what my brain said. It's like, okay, they're running. And then when it really sunk into me, like the, these BTS members are running away from someone who is screaming and chasing after them. Like they aren't just like, who let's play a game of chase. Like, no, they're running away from people in a public place. They're just trying to mind their own business, trying to get to or from their flight. And they're running away from screaming people who are just like, oh, please, I love you so much. So it seems like innocent, but it's like BTS are running. They're running away from these people and these people are still chasing them. And it happens in the most bizarre places. And it happens when BTS have private schedules and these people appear. How do they know where BTS are? And how does this make it okay? Like they totally violate their privacy. And I think even recently um, JK was like on a live and said that like, you know, people keep on, someone keeps on trying to deliver food to his house and he really doesn't want to accept it. And he said, please just look after yourself. And I think he posted about it on Weverse, but like he, he would keep on getting food deliveries. And I also know another time when he was on live, when he was getting phone calls from assessing. And it's repetitive behavior over many years and long periods of time. Like they change their phone numbers, they've gotten new addresses, and yet they're still found by these people. It's freaking terrifying. And I think we can really downplay it because they're celebrities and it must be part of their life, blah. But it's like, if that were me and someone were calling me every day and sending food to my house and showing up when I'm like at a coffee shop and chasing me down a street, I would be freaking mortified. And the fact that they have more than one of these sassings, you know, at any given time and that they're everywhere and that they masquerade as army. Absolutely terrifying. So I suggest if you don't know much about sassings, go look it up and um, have a look at what a fan is not. And I know that I said it's like a spectrum and these people are all fans in some way, but I would, you know, this sassing behavior, even though these people say they are army, I've got to say right now, Sassings are not army, no matter how much they say they love BTS. There is no way in hell that you stalk and harass people that you love. So they fail the the one criteria of being an army, which is love BTS, love all seven. Sassings are not it. And then I guess by that, being an anti, you aren't either. 
I just think it's more of a, you know, they need to actually face that they do really like BTS, you know, but that's, that's between them and BTS. I'll, I'll leave that to them and their therapists, please. So those are the types of fans. And of course, within that, there are so many different like actual types of fans. And I would argue that for every single army, there is a type of fan. So there is no one type. Those are just kind of like the groupings of, you know, broader fan patterns of behavior that happen to have names. And there's even more. There's so much more. And I would love to do more research on that. You know, it's just going to go on the to-do list of things that I want to research and do within fandom. But that, that's the kind of the current landscape. So OT7, that's where I'm at. That's where I hope you are as well. Um, otherwise, we've got a problem. Being an army is a feeling. It's a commitment to BTS and to army. It's something that you might not even know that you're committing to at the start. But over time, as you learn more and as you become more familiar with fandom and BTS, you might realize that, hey, I really want to be an army. And that's truly the biggest step of all. I think a lot of us get to a point where we realize that we have been army without actually knowing it because we're loving BTS and we're consuming all of their content and music and we're just really on board for this ride. But we might not know much about army and we might not know that we are an army until one day we just wake up and it's like, hey, I'm actually a huge fan and that must make me an army. So I think definitely the first step is loving BTS. And the second step is saying, hey, I'm an army. Hey, presto, that's how you become an army. Like, honestly, it's very straightforward. And please do not let anyone else convince you otherwise. It doesn't matter how many songs you've listened to, how many lyrics you know, how long you've been in the fandom. If you know every single moment of BTS's history, like genuinely, I do not. And I would be worried if you did, because that means you've got a lot of time on your hands. It doesn't matter if you miss a comeback. It doesn't matter if you don't stream their music for comebacks. It doesn't matter if you buy their albums or not. Honestly, all of this can become very performative. It's great if you want to participate in fandom and you want to stream and you want to buy albums. That's great. I really applaud you for it. But not everyone's the same and not everyone has the same ability to participate in fandom. We've got to realize that a vast majority of BTS's fans come from very poor backgrounds. And a vast majority of BTS's fans are very young and do not have their own jobs. So that immediately takes them out of being able to buy things and go to concerts and travel. That doesn't mean that they're not an army and it doesn't mean that they don't love BTS. And even for those who have the money and have the time that still choose to not participate in that way, they still are army. They still love BTS, right? Army needs everyone to be exactly themselves in order for our fandom to flourish. So that means that we do need people who are streaming. We do need people who are very passionate about this. And please continue to do so. If you are passionate, keep campaigning for BTS. Keep organizing different events. Keep spreading the word of all the amazing things that the group and army are doing. But if that's not what you want to do, find something that you do want to do. Do you want to have a contribution? Find what you can do and find other people doing the same thing and joining with them. And maybe you don't want to have a contribution at all. Maybe you just want to enjoy BTS. That's okay too. We need everyone doing whatever they want to do. Otherwise, this doesn't become fun. It becomes performative. It becomes like a checklist, like, oh, you can only be an army if you know all the lyrics to all the songs. Well, I'm gone. I don't know all the lyrics to all the songs. And I'm pretty sure I haven't listened to every single BTS song. Do you know how many songs there are? I've, I've, I've done a lot, all right? It's been four years. I've done a very deep dive. But it would be foolish for me to say that I know everything about BTS, nor do I want to, because I believe that my joy as a fan comes from learning new things organically. I could be on Twitter and see a video that someone's sharing and talking about from five, seven years ago that I've never seen before. That's exciting to me. 
I get to experience a new piece of content organically. I'm not going to make it a race where I have to go through every single video and find every single piece of information just to be able to prove that I'm an army. That's not fun to me, but it might be fun to you and that's okay too. But please know, no matter what, if you love BTS and you want to be an army, you're an army. It's that simple. And that is what makes our fandom so amazing and so diverse, is that we are able to have everyone come exactly as they are. That is the nature of being an army. Be exactly who you are. That's what BTS want. Be exactly who you are and love BTS, all seven, and love being an army. Can't go wrong with that. I hope you've enjoyed today's little look into what it means to be an army. Of course, I could go on and on. I do suggest if you want to learn more that you check out I Am Army, It's Time to Begin and I Am Army, We Don't Need Permission, two amazing books full of essays from army all about how they came to be an army and what the army identity is. They are up on revoltbooks.com. You can also look them up on any book selling platform and you will find them. You can also check out a free chapter I have from I Am Army, It's Time to Begin. The chapter is called Exit the Magic Shop, Enter the Revolution, where I do talk about ARMY being revolutionaries. That free sample chapter is up on my substack, thebtstheorist.substack.com. I will link that in all the right places. Give it a read before you buy the books. Check it out. It's free. Come on. Can't get much better than that. Of course, I am the BTS Theorist. You can find me on Instagram at the BTS Theorist. You can also find me at Wally Eaglehawk on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Facebook, Clapper, YouTube. You can also find me at the BTS Theorist on YouTube as well. So, you know, I'm around. I'm, I am trying all the things. This is who I am as an army. And I hope you've enjoyed me performing my army identity today, because once again, the camera's on, it is a performance, but there's nothing wrong with that. There's no negatives. It's still true. Still very genuine. I am rambling. My name is Willie Eaglehawk. Thank you so much for joining me. Peace out.